Well, first things first. I've been talking with a bunch of my friends um, about different shows, movies, and topics and things like that. And it is an undeniable fact that I do not perceive myself as a carrot and stick nigga. I don't sit there and get excited or hyped up or something just because it pops up in front of my face and is like, ooh, this is something I don't know about. Like, it's fucking stupid. Only to be led astray to sit there and get disappointed at the end and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't expect they'd do a bad on that one. It, it's stupid. It's retarded. It, it really is. I, I, I don't understand the appeal of it as well as like the mindset. Generally speaking, when it comes to uh, different TV shows, movies, or anything like that, it's just, just, just content in general. And it's like when you put two and two together, and it's like, the fuck are you doing? Why are you excited for this now? than you were anything else, as if anything that they've done prior would have been good. I say, from example, a friend of mine brought up uh, the brand new um, Dragon Ball Super movie that's coming out. Um, now, the last one, the last Dragon Ball Super movie I saw was the Broly one, um, which was god fucking awful. In fact, that's like <laughs> one of my highest um, listen to podcast episodes of me talking about how stupid it was. Um, how it was just terrible. But um, I it it was bad. It was really bad. One of my main complaints about it was that they were so adamant on getting the original creator Akira Toriyama to write the movie that no one concluded the fact that Akira Toriyama doesn't know shit about Broly. That's not his guy. The dude is not the one who made the original Broly Legendary Super Saiyan movie. Or, uh, the, you know, Big Fight, Ultra Violent Fight, Super Mega Awesome Fight. <laughs> the crazy name that it is in Japanese. Uh, but he had nothing to do with Broly. So why the fuck would he be the one to, um, to go to in order to make the movie? Well, when you consider the trend that was going on at the time, Ichida Oda was constantly writing movies for One Piece, and they were amazing. They were blowing shit out of the water. They were doing so fucking well. So, it would stand the reason if you do the same thing with Akira Toriyama, it would equally work just as well. Well, the issue between the two is that Akira Toriyama no longer writes for Dragon Ball anymore, or Dragon Ball Z or any subsidiary from it. He does his own weird goofy shit, the shit that he, that was his bread and butter back in the day. So, he still does the Dr. Slump shit. So, needless to say, his idea, his concepts of actions that were laid bare back during his heyday of Dragon Ball Z are long since fucking forgotten. And you can tell that between um, all the jokes and um, and the fact that he hasn't done a series since that has even come close to any of the um, interesting concepts or action or just overall grandiose idealism that was Dragon Ball Z. Nothing he's done has even been close to that. Everything has been joking. So why would you approach him to do a movie about a character that essentially he had no hand in creating as well as um, a character that um, honestly you just couldn't really represent correctly considering the biased opinions of so many fans. The fact that you have so many people complaining about Broly's psychosis and yet we're so accessible towards different crazy characters within movies and things like that it stand a reason as to why is it that he's held under such scrutiny when you have a motherfucker like Joker, who literally you had stipulated or talked about in different comics, where it's like, you know, you could dye your hair and get some plastic surgery done, and you look like a normal motherfucking person. 
but that wouldn't change the fact that you're out of your fucking mind crazy. So, same thing with Broly, you know? And I was like, if he was driven crazy by Goku's crying, then that's the character, motherfucker. It doesn't matter how you feel about that, that sense of psychosis. One of the main aspects of the Joker character that I loved is the fact that he's like, what drove me crazy is just one bad day. So why is like, and he was like, obviously the same thing happened to Batman. He just can't understand why he's not laughing about it <laughs> because it drove him crazy into the madness of laughter while Batman is a brooding dark hero trying to um, do justice. So it was like, okay, so how hard is that to perceive that a baby was just driven mad by the sound of crying? People have turned crazy for less. Hella torture mechanic is just hearing the sound of dripping water over some hours. So it's not anything to where I was like, yeah, I, I look towards anime fans to be the, the opal of knowledge when it comes towards um, developing or uh, understanding the character psyche. Same motherfuckers who sit there and go, oh yeah, Naruto was a really well-written show. So fuck all that aspect. That was something that I held and like I, I was criticizing the fuck out of the Broly movie because of that. Yeah, no, that's just one aspect of the whole fucking movie. So needless to say, when it came in turn for anything else within Dragon Ball Super, I was immediately turned off against it. I don't watch the series. I um, don't give a damn for the fandom that comes from the series because if anything, all that's ever proven is the fact that most people who are or claim to be fans of Dragon Ball Z that indulge in Dragon Ball Super are one, being, um, are not really as uh, devout fans as I am. So they're people who essentially know shit, but they don't know everything. They are quick to forget or quick to uh, really like, uh, I'm about to say not remember, <laughs> but they're quick to just, they understand the core concept of Dragon Ball Z, but they themselves don't know shit. Um, as well as being a group of people who essentially are constantly being led astray by a carrot and stick method. You sit there and implement a bunch of things and you uh, issue a bunch of new concepts or whatnot, and they're not anything new. They're typical stuff that you see and recognize within current shonen anime, which happens to be a copy of stuff that took place or misconceptions that people had from viewing Dragon Ball Z. And so because of that, the character stick method works with these people because essentially they see something that is similar to Dragon Ball Z as they so as they know it, but realistically, it's not anything like Dragon Ball Z. It's more akin towards Naruto or any of the other uh, big three anime that came out, um, but it's not anything that's similar to Dragon Ball Z, which realistically had a beautifully simplistic story that was incredibly detailed if you dived into it correctly where it came to different character archetypes or mindsets or even just ideals behind characters. Certain stuff that they did was handled incredibly well simply because it was super simplistic to do it that way. Hell, a major misconception is the fact that um, in most typical shonen, you have a villain that is just a set level that the main character has to work towards in order to defeat. When in Dragon Ball Z, most villains were characters who were getting stronger simultaneously with the main characters getting stronger. That way you didn't just have a set pause where a, a character needed to train or anything like that. But motherfuckers wouldn't grasp that because they don't remember the series as the way that it was presented or anything like that. They just remember bits and pieces because they saw it a long fucking time ago and it's like they, they tell themselves, oh yeah, I liked it, I loved it, I know everything about it. 
So then when you have Dragon Ball Super present and do things that are basically uncharacteristic or just completely against the norm of what was presented in Dragon Ball Z or <laughs> go figure just shit that's, com that's really fucking wrong with the actual story that happened in Dragon Ball Z. Well, people don't know enough about it. And you had something to where, um, like I, I always say, like Dragon Ball GT is superior to Dragon Ball Super because of how it fit canonically with everything going on. But realistically, Dragon Ball GT had the folly of essentially continuing immediately after Dragon Ball Z. So because of that, all of that information was fresh and new in everyone's head. It couldn't afford to sit there and go against the grain in order to, uh, to present some whack-ass story. It presented a whack-ass story, mind you, but it did shit in order to appease fans and uh, to appease Japanese fans at the time. But it's not anything that would have been vindictive or was anything um, congruent with Akira Toriyama's current work of Dragon Ball Z. And because of that, it suffered greatly. But I always say Dragon Ball GT is um, separated into two parts because it wasn't necessarily meant for just Dragon Ball Z fans. It was meant for all fans of Dragon Ball. So the first half of Dragon Ball GT is for people who are reminiscent of Dragon Ball, and it just happens to adapt that and do that poorly, replacing the character of Bulma with Pan, having Trunks play uh, more so uh, cold Oolong than you would... Um, than actually being an interesting or funny character like Oolong was within the beginning heyday mindset of uh, Dragon Ball. And having Goku being young, going around hunting for Dragon Balls and just being this silly little character with one note jokes. But realistically, upon looking back on Dragon Ball, Goku's ignorance towards things was because of his younger nature as well as the, well, not younger nature, but the fact that he was a young, ignorant boy who lived in the fucking mountains. While as it was in Dragon Ball Z, they gave his ass some, a, a lot of intelligence because of the fact that he grew older. He had to learn certain things. He was taught certain things. So because of that, he was far more mature, far wiser, far stronger than he was back in the day when he was just this wild, crazy, dumb monkey boy. So having Dragon Ball GT try to continue that persona was obviously a bad thing because a lot of things that Goku did was uncharacteristic or just outright stupid. Him sitting down in the middle of a fight because he was like, I'm hungry, is completely dumb because that's not anything Goku did within Dragon Ball Z. That was something he did in Dragon Ball, sure, but not in Dragon Ball Z. Him going out of his way to basically not think of a congruent plan to fight at someone when he is capable of turning Super Saiyan for a limited amount of time, being able to use like a fraction of his strength for a limited amount of time, makes absolutely no sense considering how intelligent Goku was when it came to fighting by the end of Dragon Ball Z. So again uncharacteristic, undynamic, really stupid, and just more so often, more so than not, just suited and fit to structure typical Japanese um, hearsay in anime rather than actually being something that's a, a good successor to um, Dragon Ball Z. Because a lot of people just don't understand that lightning in the bottle that was presented from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, which it was. It's some shit that you just... You cannot deny it's the greatest anime of all time. So, like, it, it's just something that can never be captured again. And, uh, again, the, the devil's in the detail, but the beauty is in the simplicity. So, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> how no one is able to grasp that, especially when it comes to brand new Japanese writers. Akira Toyama had a gift <laughs> when he did that damn thing. So... And again, with GT, the other half of GT is obviously following Dragon Ball Z with the advanced um, fighting, um, with the advanced fighting, far more um, capable power structure, 
uh, not capable power structure, I, I, I misspoke, um, with the advanced fighting as well as uh, more transformations, a far more in-depth and in-tune um, concept where like, it became an ideal of defeating a big bad every now and again rather than this journey looking for Dragon Balls, which is what Dragon Ball Z was. But again, just didn't have that same spark. It wasn't anything good. But I would say that ending it on the Omega Shinron things is something that was incredibly interesting, as well as uh, had a lot of in, um, foresight behind it. Like, <laughs> you cannot deny that. But where the fuck am I going with all of this? Because I'm just, I was just talking. So realistically, I love and care about Dragon Ball Z a lot. I, again, consider it the greatest anime of all time. Um, and so because of that, Upon her, um, hearing or knowing about anything within the, um, the new movie, it just hit me as a sense of, like, so? It, it wasn't anything that, that matters, because nothing within Super even cares to follow canonically with um, Dragon Ball Z. Now, I've heard it, um, an excuse before, which I believe is incredibly stupid, because uh, it, it is, it's, it's fundamentally stupid, but it's only, it's only presented and brought up by someone who essentially just you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you just, you don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, an argument would be, you know, um, considering the fact that Super starts off a couple of months after the um, after Kid Buu dies, so that, that way they were able to stay within a certain realm of Dragon Ball Z, and since it happens a couple of months after Kid Buu dies, everything that they do, as long as they make it, as long, like, they can do whatever they want, because no matter what, it will canonically still match up with Dragon Ball Z because then you could just usher in that, hey, they just didn't do all of this stuff at the end of Dragon Ball Z because it wasn't necessary. And how strong and how powerful these people became, it doesn't really matter. And um, continuity-wise, because like that's not anything that they needed to present by the end of Dragon Ball Z, so that's fine. The issue with that, because again, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, is the fact that it immediately disrupts the continuity by introducing or going against the grain of different things that was established by the end of Dragon Ball Z. One, Pan was two years old at, by the end of Dragon Ball Z, meaning she was born, meaning she was born in five, meaning she, uh, her birth happened five years after the, um, the fight between Buu and um, Goku, but the fight between Kid Buu and Goku. So her being a fetus within Videl would be a, a break of the continuity. That means that you cannot go back to whatever you do. That's a fucking contradiction. Know what that means? Everything you're going to say prior is fucking stupid. So, that can't happen. Then you have Bola being born after Pan. Bola was older than Pan. What does that mean? Contradiction. Everything you do prior is now fucking stupid. Gohan was the strongest character in the series. Hands down. There was no character stronger. Goku and um, Kid Buu fighting was not something of the two strongest characters within the series. Kid Buu was fundamentally weaker than Super Buu, and Goku was weaker than Gohan. So having the series end with Gohan not being the strongest character is a continuity error, which means that everything that happens is fucking stupid. And this is something like, and again, you could get away with some shit like this if this was to take place canonically seven years after everything happened, to where obviously Gohan would possibly get weaker, but it didn't. It's taking place fucking, it's taking place as soon as they finished with the Kid Buu saga. So how the fuck you explain that? So that's obviously something that happens where it's like, yeah, people just, you don't know what you're talking about and you're just getting in the feels of essentially how people handle the carrot and stick method. All, you, all that you know is that they put in front of your face brand new content for Dragon Ball Z fans. 
So that's the only thing you go with. But how they structure it is how they structure every typical shonen in order to appease the Japanese child audience, which is transformations, fight, um, lackluster fight scenes, really mediocre animations with the concept of essentially uh, has many jokes as well as turning a bunch of um, known villains into allies within the series because that's a typical shonen thing. When realistically, Dragon Ball Z is not structured in such a way. Having it to where villains become um, allies is something that Dragon Ball Z essentially pioneered. But realistically, when they did that, it wasn't the major villain that turned into an ally, it was a subsidiary. So you got, at the end of the Frieza saga, Vegeta was now on the side of the good guys. When realistically, you got to see that he kinda had no other choice but to join them. He was pushed into the ringer. So, <laughs> upon discovery of Goku becoming Super Saiyan, Vegeta was never really that guy, and he proved that when he decided to turn Majin, and he allowed his evilness to come out just so he can have a fucking fight. <laughs> it just, it's something to where it's like, you can disregard all that you want, but it's like the character was structured and set up a certain way. You had the character of 18, who essentially didn't really do anything inherently bad. The androids themselves were after Goku, but everyone else attacked them first. This was something that was made painstakingly clear by Kami, which is why he didn't want to interfere in what the androids were doing, but it was what Cell was doing, which is what ushered him in to fuse with Bound Piccolo. Again, I fucking know Dragon Ball Z, goddammit. <laughs> so, having that being a thing, you can't sit there and say, like, well, she's a villain turned good. And it was like, well, you could argue that if you want to, but realistically, no, she's not. And then she's not like she joined the fray and fighting or keeping up with everyone else or things like that. She was around. She got knocked up by Krillin and that's all that she wrote. But realistically, 18's involvement during the Boo saga is damn near non-existent. So fuck you if you think otherwise. <laughs> but then you have essentially, um, all the major big bads within the three within the four fundamental big sagas within dragon ball z um let's say if you were to separate it into sand saga freezer saga cell saga and um uh boo saga if you were to go that the big bad of kid boo or the evil incarnation of super boo of uh, majin boo uh essentially is destroyed they kill him they fucking kill him frieza is fucking killed um cell gets fucking killed these people do not live in this series. They do not stay. They do not, they're not they're not around anymore. They're not friends with everybody. They did not commit these horrible atrocious um, atrocious acts of evil and then continue to keep walking around as if that shit is normal or as if it's a good thing. No, they don't. But you have series like Naruto, which basically has characters like Orochimaru be considered a good guy now. You have um, shows like Bleach, which have characters like uh Aizen's still alive, even though realistically it makes no sense as to why you wouldn't kill him. What's the purpose of keeping him alive? What the fuck could you gain from something like that? Or One Piece, where they generally reuse characters so much that characters who essentially were considered the bane of existence or the main person that I should hate are still kept around, still kept alive, and ultimately might um, either join up the fray of becoming a good guy or they just kind of blend into obscurity to where the main guy's like, ah, all is forgiven which is fucking weird. <laughs> so what am I getting at? Cause you can't really just say, you know, all this shit and not really have a point. If I wanted to just be ragging on how terrible Dragon Ball Super is, I can do that in another episode. Yeah. 
But I don't want to for this one. I don't want to for this one. But ultimately, the point that I'm trying to get at is that essentially, super copies traditional anime uh, fads, while Dragon Ball Z set a goddamn standard. And the thing is, is that in terms of actually incorporating what's happening in the in the spectrum of like anime in general when it comes towards movies and um, shit like that, uh, or just uh, even stuff getting adapted and turned into an anime in, in its own right. I am not someone who basically is like super excited about shit, but using that as a general example, that can actually be applied to a plethora of different things. I mean, this goes even far as like the current uh, superhero movie genre and whatnot, uh, to where realistically, everything that's being done now after the end of Endgame has been a carrot stick uh, approach. The money that was <clears throat> the money that was made, you know, Jesus Christ, I'm so thirsty, but <laughs> the money that was made from far on um, from uh, No Way Home is going to be implemented and used to fund projects that essentially are Marvel properties you don't want to see. And then once it gets to a point where they need more money, they're going to carrot and stick your ass. Because you're the dark, you're the goddamn donkey pulling the fucking cart. You're not even a horse. You're a jackass pulling the fucking cart along, right? So, what it is is that when you have this carrot, carrot and stick mentality, it's okay to go fucking no. Now I get, you know, like I I used to be this way back in the day growing up um, and in high school and shit like that. You could get ostracized just for not knowing the latest trend. You know, you could lose friends over shit like that. Coming to school in payless shoes, despite what anyone will fucking tell you, can get you beat the fuck up. So it, it doesn't matter in the sense of like, oh, you can't afford this or can't afford that. God damn it, buy some cheap fucking Nikes, let your kid wear that for a whole fucking year, and you're good. But if you buy them some payless shoes, they will get beat the fuck up. That's just how it is. They don't gotta be Jordans, they just gotta be some type of fucking name brand just so they don't get beat the fuck up. <laughs> That's all we can afford, baby, is pay less. We'll stop trying to go get new shoes every fucking year. When, like, it's like through elementary school, and, uh, yeah, through elementary school, you get um, pay less shoes that light up. That's all you need to get for a kid. And then in middle school, just start sticking to the cheapest name brand you can get. And, like, some of the cheapest name brands be, like, around 50 to 60 bucks. And honestly, in terms of making sure your kid's um, mental well-being is all right, that's cool. But it's like, hey, hey, kudos to Shaq doing what he did, making his shoes and whatnot. But if you go to school wearing Shaq's shoes, you will get beat the fuck up. That's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, life is hard. <laughs> life is hard and terrible. But therein lies, like, what, I, what I'm talking about is essentially just... I get that concept of like, hey, you know, I can't miss out on the newest movie. I can't miss out on the latest Marvel show and whatnot because that generally is something that people I deal with are interested in. And, you know, like if you're a journalist, that's cool. But in terms of actually understanding or predicating the content, fuck out of here. Hell, even now, um, the younger generation, they don't give a damn about the superhero genre anymore. It's no longer the niche, interesting genre that it was or the 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 what it could be concept of movies that originally it was designed to, to forecast. And Marvel fucked that up for everybody, but so did DC and their um, lazy approach towards handling their biggest IPs that realistically should have blew Marvel out of the water considering how many of their characters are well known 
outside of uh, Marvel's not too many uh, known characters, but hey, they don't fucking flip the script on him. And now so many people sit there and go, Iron Man's their favorite superhero. And it's like, that motherfucker is far beyond a goddamn superhero. But, <laughs> you know, and it was like, they'd be like Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor and whatnot. And they were like, oh, I believe that Captain America can beat up Spider-Man because Iron Man said so in a Spider-Man movie. And that's all that I needed to hear to be a road dog. It's like nothing could be further from the truth, but fuck out of here if I sit there and try to correct you on your goddamn MCU knowledge. But because of this stupid approach towards handling things or adapting things and whatnot, you already got the concept of essentially agendas being pushed within all of the fucking movies that have came out under the Disney umbrella, as well as anything else that pertains to Hollywood, where just so much and just so much shit just has gay sprinkles all over it, that it's like, this is ridiculous, because this isn't even what the context of what you're using is about, but essentially that's what they want to promote, because, you know, fuck you. Fuck you and anything that you care or hold dearly. That's why they literally made the Eternals because they knew that that was something that they were going to just immediately predicate towards diversity. That was literally the, the thing that came out of their fucking mouths when they talked about the thing was that we were going to diversify every fucking body. Why? Because it's not that popular. Not too many people know about it. And if they stuck it into a movie, they knew it was going to make money. Guess what? Nobody saw it. People didn't like it. People who did see it didn't like it. It was stupid. It was dumb. It was a bunch of bullshit. Why? Because the only thing that they thought of was diversity. Diversify. Diversify your bonds, nigga. But therein lies the problem. And it's like, okay, but those people who were basically backing and running the fucking show are the guys leading everything. And they didn't get the fucking message that, hey, people in general audiences don't like this shit. That's not what they understood. What they understood is that, oh, we just need to be more subtle with it don't need to plaster it all over the place actually kind of tone it down a little bit and then we can just shove it down their faces why don't we bring up some of our lesser known gay characters that way people get used to them i think one of the most sickening things ever that i've experienced is that i was in the movie theater and someone yelled out america chavez as if that is a name that you need to know and it's not as well as not a character that basically that has done anything of reputable uh, context within anything Marvel. But you be, I'll be damned if you gonna sit there and say that they haven't been pushing that bitch for the longest. Oh, fuck yeah. It just, just absolutely true. Like, that's absolutely true. So, obviously, within the confines of all of this bullshit that you got going on, everything that happens has a carrot and stick mentality. They're gonna introduce America Chavez on a fucking um, Doctor Strange movie. Well, Doctor Strange has been within the MCU long enough for that to actually mean something, but America Chavez is not a character that you should sit there and be like, oh yeah, finally she gets the time of day. There have been plenty of characters that are far more interesting than America Chavez that essentially would fit the bill better than she would within the context of the series or the um, movie, but that's not the bitch that basically has been a new front runner for their gay agenda bullshit. So there you go, that's the carrot. The carrot is a Doctor Strange movie. The stick is the fucking is the fucking America Chavez being introduced into the MCU way before another um, way before a bunch of other characters that basically are interesting. The carrot is the Doctor Strange movie. The stick is that this movie is going to try and sit there and make Wanda um, like the actions of Wanda from WandaVision seem like a good thing, or to actually put her in a positive light because that's what they tried to shoehorn and, and propagate towards you when you saw her fucking show that essentially was nothing but bullshit. 
I mean, like, it, it was something that, like, I, and I, I got annoyed at the fact that, it's like, you, you know, the, the shit didn't work on me as well as it did so many other people to where I was like, I noticed that this show was a pe piece of shit after the second episode. And I was like, well, well, um, into the third episode. And it was like, once it got into the third episode, I was like, yeah, this is a piece of shit. Like, this is, this is, all of this is just fucking garbage. But so many people was like, well, it just had a bad ending. And it's like, it didn't have a bad ending. The whole show was bad motherfucker it wasn't just the ending the whole fucking show was bad after the um second episode everything just went to shit immediately after they introduced sword because it didn't it didn't make any goddamn sense it completely just ruined the appeal and the aesthetic of trying to figure out the mystery behind everything and then it just lets you know in the third episode what the fuck everything was and if you sat there and fell for it then that sorry to tell you you're a goddamn idiot you watch this show when you basically ate up everything that they spoon-fed you when you're just dumb just really really dumb and it's like so many people reviewing and talking about the show and it was like yeah WandaVision had one of the worst endings no WandaVision was a terrible show it constantly kept contradicting a bunch of stuff within everything else within the movies it constantly kept going against the grain of all the other uh concepts of characters or even some of the small shit that she mentioned about her character from the second fucking Avengers movie hell it didn't even do her goddamn origin story right when it showed why she hated Tony Stark in the first place as to why her and Pietro teamed up with fucking Hydra where it was like she literally mentioned that she saw Tony Stark's name on a bomb while she was pinned down and under rubble and she was just waiting for days for Tony Stark to kill her and then it, ju it just didn't blow up and it's like, oh, we didn't even get that in the goddamn origin story. It's like, how could you watch that bullshit happen, which wasn't even the final fucking episode, and not sit there and go, oh, all of this is wrong. But these fucking nerds, and they hang on every goddamn thing that comes out of Marvel and the MCU when they want to sit there and tear it down. And it's like, all right, let's tear down what's fucking wrong. All of this shit is wrong. Not just the ending, all of it. But, oh, far be it from them to actually, you know, have a brain <laughs> when dealing with this shit. So it, it's not it's not something that, you know, you should feel any type of any type of way about having this shit happen. It's it's something that generally just is done to trick you into absorbing content that no one really gives a fuck about. I mean, look how many passion projects are done nowadays and how much people actually give credit to, towards the fact that, hey, you did this and it just isn't woke. And it's like, people eat that shit up, and it's like, well, it doesn't mean that the content is good. It just means that it's not the same bullshit that we've been constantly getting throughout Hollywood now. And therein lies another problem. There goes the carrot and the stick again. Okay, the carrot is that this isn't woke. But the stick is that this is the same regurgitated garbage that you have seen time and time again. It's just now being done up to, is now being done this year instead of last year, or the year before, or in the 80s. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't change the art form. That doesn't make it more outstanding or nothing like that. It's just the fact that it's not woke. And that is a dumbass bar to set in order to gauge or judge shit. Motherfucker, I don't like this content because it's just fucking boring. I don't like this content because it just has nothing to do with anything going on within the perspective movies if we're talking about a franchise. I don't like this movie because the dialogue is terrible, the acting is lackluster, and it's a story I've seen and heard a thousand times before. It ain't got shit to do with it being not, um, it ain't got shit to do with it being woke or nothing. This is just a terrible movie all around. So even if it is woke, whoop-de-fucking-do. I just, I, I don't understand the, the concept of just being so obtuse towards that mindset. 
I mean, like, how many different things are sitting there praised to the high heaven simply because of the fact that it just exists? You, you just exist. That's cool. That's fine. Someone made that and they understand that, hey, you know, this bullshit that's going on within movies, TV shows and whatnot is not something people are willing to spend money towards. So you need to do better, Senator. Like, yeah, that's cool. But the problem with that is that your approach and your concept towards things is like you've never seen another movie a day in your fucking life. Nigga, your characters need to be outspoken. You have to sit here and make me believe and care about all this bullshit within a shorter span of time. People have been doing that for years. What the fuck is your problem? And you, if you, if I am exposed to the same type of movies and the same type of media that you are, why is it that you're having a problem doing the simplistic shit while I'm sitting here complaining about shit that shouldn't even be a problem in the first place. We have long since gone past worrying about seeing color in uh, characters' costumes because, motherfucker, we got we no longer see movies in black and white. So why are you still, like, dressing up your characters as if they don't know what the fuck color is? It, it's simple, dumb shit like that. It, it's just... it bleeds out into so much stuff because a little bit goes a long way. Like I said, the devil is in the detail. And it's a, it's it's absurd that you have these people who are in an industry where it's like you hold movies like The Godfather, um, hell, personally for me, The Dark Knight, um, and just uh, fucking Training Day, uh, just fucking Friday. <laughs> so many movies that should be held in high regard that have done with the most minimalistic of effort. And it's like, why is it that those were things done by people who were clearly passionate about something? And when you finally get your shot, your passion ain't shit. The fuck? For the long haul, it's an observation of media. Um, it's something to where you are, you personally, as someone who is a consumer, are accountable for, you're partially accountable for the content that you take in and that you observe. Um, if you sit there and you just lap up everything that's presented to you, then they're gonna serve. Then they're gonna serve you slop. They're gonna serve you shit. They're gonna serve you literal shit, pig shit, pig slop, pig shit, truffles, whatever. Fuck, they want to serve you, and you will eat that up as long as they know that you will gladly eat that up. But if you choose not to, well, then you change the game. They need you to consume. Period. They need you to consume. But you can determine whether or not the shit that you consume is filet mignon and, and like, like five course meals that have been served to kings and queens. But that is something where a lot of people just lack in terms of just straight up integrity or just the cognitive ability to understand and, and pay attention towards the shit that they are currently seeing and that they're being witness to. It's just this is all bullshit now. Everything that comes out now was just like it. It's hard not being a contrarian when there's just so much wrong with everything that people are just holding in high regard. I, I fucking keep watching TV shows and it's like, yeah, all of this shit is terrible. They made a fucking TV show that spent like at least $10 million a fucking episode over a game that's incredibly popular and so many people know so much stuff about it. And from the jump, they started doing things that me, an active person who's never played a Halo game in my fucking life, could actively look at and go, this doesn't make any sense. This has nothing to do with the video game. And if it has nothing to do with the video your game, which is what drew me into watching it in the first fucking place, what am I doing? Why, why would you do this? What sense would it make to even deviate away from that? 
And then all you got to do is just listen to these motherfuckers who are the ones controlling everything. These people having this stupid idea. Let's just follow the books. Let's let's bring in different things that we've we've talked about. Let's talk to the studio that didn't even make this original idea or whatnot. Um, let's find out what their um, process in terms of handling this character that they didn't make or that they haven't been doing and that subsequently have been fucking up the games um, because of it. Uh, and it's like, yeah, let's let's do all of this stupid shit rather than things that would actually appease or cater towards the people who care about this content. No. It's not a matter about the people who care about the content. It's a matter about just the people who are making the content. It it's such a it's such an unbelievable idiotic um, mindset, but it's something that's like every anyone and everyone can um, say that they've seen some symbolism of this. In the gaming industry, you have a bunch of game directors and developers, especially the Japanese ones who essentially put their own concepts over just overall enjoyment. This is what I want people to think or feel when they're playing a game. And then it's like, yeah, but will they have fun? And it's like, fuck that. <laughs> then you got Neil Druckmann and so many goddamn Japanese developers, especially when it comes to like action adventure RPGs and shit like that. It doesn't matter about fun. It doesn't matter about continuity. It doesn't matter about storytelling. It doesn't even matter about fucking pacing. Only thing that matters is what they feel you need to consume. But the thing is, is that you are the consumer. You are technically the true shot caller. Once, like, look how bad um, everyone jumped on the whole Battle Royale phenomenon as soon as Fortnite took off. It's something to where it was like, yeah, but that's because every, like, the money that's being made in Fortnite is something that essentially let the people up top know that there's money into this Battle Royale shit. So we need to start pumping that bad boy out. And over time, it got oversaturated, then it started dying out. Now people want to move on to something bigger and better. But realistically, it's the consumers that are causing that. Because of the fact that the consumers are tired of seeing Battle Royales. We done got in too many. There's too much Battle Royale now. Now no one gives a fuck about them anymore. Anything new is never going to top what already pre-exists. So what the fuck can we do now to make money? It's so ridiculous that you have so many people who essentially just choose to live their life blinded by any and every fucking thing that's going on. They just actively don't care about the shit that they supposedly care about. They look into the things as if it's like, okay, this is media. This is something that I like and it, like it's and it's good. It's great. I like it. I bring it up in conversations and unwelcome situations whenever I can. I know this shit backwards and forwards. Okay, they're making a movie about it. Cool. I'll go see the movie. The movie wasn't that good. Well, at least I got to see a movie about a thing I like. No, criticize the fuck out of it. Let them know this shit is not going to fly. I'm no longer going to see movies if you guys are going to do it this way. This isn't what I like. This isn't what I liked. This isn't what I was promised. And it shouldn't be the norm. It should be the, it should just definitely be the fucking minority. And as soon as people understand and they start advocating towards shit like that, then we'll be able to get better content. Right now, I am so upset at the fact that it's like I generally look up things to watch and it's like I don't care. I just generally don't care. I refuse to look at certain stuff and it's like even when it's brought up by friends and whatnot, I just look at them and it's like, yeah, that's cool and all, but I don't give a fuck. It's like, I just, I really don't. So, it... 
it's it's just a point where yeah it, it just it's just a point that um i i just i i really just like talking about or speaking out just trying to get people to understand or open up like hey you know it's cool to not like to to be like you don't like this shit it's cool to think about how fucking stupid some content is. No one's going to vilify you for speaking your mind or whatnot. And it's also cool for you to not fall for any of their dumbass marketing. Just because something has Star Wars on it doesn't mean you need to go watch it. Just because something has Marvel a part of it doesn't mean that you need to watch it. Hell, just because something is being released on um, on demand exclusively doesn't mean that you need to um, subscribe to a fucking um, streaming site in order for you to be able to watch it. Trust me, you definitely don't need to do that. <laughs> but it's never it, it's never a thing. Uh, it, it's it's never really something that a lot of people just um, come to grips on their own in terms of understanding stuff, you know. And it's like, and I don't want to get into the point of, um, or essentially feeling like on um, South Park when Stan basically just looked and saw everything as shit. And it's like, I don't want that. I don't want to just understand and acknowledge that everything is shit and just be like that and basically just go around partially drunk in order for me to function in the real world. No, I, if anything, what I truly want is just for shit to get better. I still look at movies that you like new ones that come out and it's like, I enjoy some stuff, but it's like, because they're not on the popular side of the spectrum or whatnot they don't really get the much love or um or respect that they deserve there was a new movie that came out um recently it was called a uh, running gun i actually really enjoyed that movie i bought it i was like i was actually actively looking for it to come out so i could purchase it because i like that movie was really good to me and looking at the reviews for it uh or actually it was something i wanted to talk about in a different episode but looking at the reviews on it i got upset at the fact that a lot of people was like yeah they didn't like it and it was like, and I was like, and that's all that they need to be turned off away from the damn thing. But I was like, the movie was really good. I was like, I, it was really good. So it it was confounding. I was like, I was like, am I just you know on the opposite side of the fence? And I was like, no, because I like things that are popular, and I get upset at things that other people get upset with. And it's like sometimes I follow I follow you know the right uh, I guess the majority. Sometimes I follow the minority, going against the grain or whatever. But it's just that that concept to where it's like that was an original piece of media that I enjoyed and it wasn't commercial it wasn't really that um wasn't really plastered anywhere and nothing like that it was really just something I wanted to look at just for the just for the hell of it and then upon watching it fell in love with the damn thing and you know it it, it just always rears me back to where it was like I could have definitely missed out if I would have sat there and taken Rotten Tomato scores seriously whenever I look at something, which I don't because it's like, fuck those things. Um, I, I would have never seen that movie if I sat there and was like, oh, this is a, this is something that like, oh, it, it doesn't really have that many um, good praises about it. It's, it's, it's certified rotten or something like that. And it's like, yeah, you, you miss out on some shit like that. Did you know there's two different review scores for fucking Space Jam? <laughs> and, and a lot of people use the one with the worst score when they talk about and explain it, what 
There actually is one with a incredibly high positive rating to it as well. So which one do you actually look listen to? Which one do you care about? And it's like I grew, and it's like I would be a biased party in terms of that movie because I grew up watching a damn movie and I love everything about it. You sit there and tell me, oh, Michael Jordan can't act. <laughs> it's like, well, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> like, like, is he like is him a professional athlete not doing a okay job within this movie, or are you expecting Oscar quality um, content from this professional athlete who's doing a movie for the first fucking time? Uh, you know, it was like we could split hairs all day long, but realistically, I, what, what what are you getting at? What is the what is the point? Why are you sitting here holding the fucking stick? <laughs> just just understand that no matter what, that carrot is never coming down. You're never going to get. You're never going to see. You're never going to have anything being done correctly or being done right because of the fact that it's like as long as they can continue to dangle it and you move, you fucking jackass then there's absolutely no reason to give you the carrot. So take that for what you will. But that's just something that really popped in my head. Also, if you're wondering why the quality just got better, I finally made it home. (laughs) Oh, man. This ridiculousness is killing me inside. (laughs)